500 years ago he washed ashore the sole survivor of a shipwreck and upon the skull of the man who killed his dad he said i'm mad i must eradicate piracy injustice and cruelty and all my sons will follow me so evil doers will believe that this man cannot die the ghost who walks enemies beware the phantom's always there but you won't find the phantom he finds G'day everybody, and for those who have come in late, you're listening to Expand the Phantom Podcast. My name is uh, Jermaine, and tonight I'm joined by Dan. How are you, mate? Good, mate. Good. Uh, lovely to be here on a uh, late on a Saturday night. Yes, late Saturday night, which can only mean one thing, that uh, we're trying to tee up a time uh, across the world, um, which means Stephen... T- is not allowed to join us. Uh, we kind of keep him away from special guests. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, without any further ado, let's um, let's uh, introduce our special guest now. For those who are listening to the podcast, uh, we are doing this, or we are attempting to do this uh, via video, so that this will this chat, this podcast will be online on YouTube as well, and uh, we've been promised a bit of a tour as well, so uh, if you want to have a look and uh, have a look at a sneak peek um, behind the curtain and, and what goes on, make sure you jump onto our YouTube as well. Alright, so without any uh, further delays, um, today, well, tonight or today, uh, we are interviewing uh, Douglas Kaluba. Uh, Doug, is that how you say your last name? Uh, it's Douglas Kalaba. Kalaba? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I've been saying it wrong for the last 20 years, so I'm sorry that, about that. That's okay. That. Doug, no, that that's means right. that you fit in perfectly with everybody else in the Phantom Universe. Uh, <laughs> we, two years ago, we had an interview with Sky Barry. That was lovely. <laughs> okay. So um, now, for those who don't know, uh, Doug is a, a is an artist. Uh, most Phantom fans would know him for the work that he has done for Moonstone. Uh, Moonstone was a publisher uh, back in the early uh, in the I think it was about two thousand one to uh, about two thousand eight or something like that. Uh, if you if you actually know your history, you would know that they um, actually produced, they were the longest running US publisher of the Phantom throughout, throughout the 80-odd years of history, which is quite a illustrious, um, what would you call it, uh, which is quite illustrious and quite a, a good achievement. So um, one of the best things about Moonstone were their covers, uh, they had some great uh, US and uh, cover artists, and in my opinion, one of the best was Doug. Uh, now, if you're an Australian and you've ever brought any of the um, Bradford Exchange stuff, you would have seen Doug's artwork as well. If not, um, uh, come on to Phantom Wiki or and have a look at some of uh, Doug's work. And um, I've always been a, a huge fan of Doug. I've loved the the action shots, the um, uh, the realism in the sh- in the shots and stuff as well. So when we had the opportunity to do this interview, I jumped at it. So um, without dribbling too much uh, more, uh, Doug, welcome. Thank you. Welcome uh, to my studio. Yeah. So um, 
you, you, you've said that we're allowed to have a bit of a peek at your studio. Yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> um, would Let's we be able there. to have a bit of a, yeah, could we have a bit of a look around? Um, well, just to uh, let everybody, uh, for those who came in late, um, <laughs> I moved into this new space in July, and uh, my family and I just moved into a new home, and uh, I'm still getting my studio set up. What is set up is my my working area, um, which is where I, I paint, and uh, you can see behind me there all the pencils and paints. And, and brushes, um, but what isn't complete are things up on my wall. Um, not much. I've got my books uh, up again, um, so there's some books, and a lot of these um, are just art books. Um, I I used to have uh, a lot more shelves full of reference books as well, but um, now they're just good old art books, the stuff that keeps me inspired. Um, mm. Yeah, there's, oh, and there's my, uh, my piece from Bradford Exchange. Yes. Uh, that you might have seen. Um, but yeah, there's not a lot on the walls yet. I'm still kind of thinking about some of the things that are going to be uh, displayed on my wall. Um, there's, there's actually, I'm pretty excited about that, which is why there's nothing up because I'm being a little bit more, uh, selective, um, as far as that goes, but there's a, a nice little uh, Siberi drawing I have over there that um, uh, I'll see if I can get closer over there to show it to you. So I have this uh, little table here that I walk around. <laughs> and uh, it, it, It's the joy of, it is, uh, moving's hard, but uh, the joy of um, choosing how you're going to move into a new space is um, is, is a lot of fun, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's been exciting for me. We had sold our house uh, five years ago, and then we moved into this new area, and we didn't find anything right away, so we ended up uh, renting uh, a townhome that was uh, smaller than what we were accustomed to, and including a studio that was probably a quarter of the size that I uh, normally had. So it was very, very cramped. Um, mm. um, so now I... I'm able to spread out and <laughs> figure out how to set this up again. Um, so, yeah. Um, so yeah, just it's it's great. I I love being down here, and uh, like like I said, I my my books are all on display, and um, still trying to figure out what I'm going to do as far as artwork hanging up on the wall. But there's uh, flat files and all the cool little storage areas that i have and, and again there's this is my working my working space over there which is where i really spend most of my time uh, so yeah yeah uh, let's see here just uh just as you went past there we saw a little uh weights bench um in one corner there um keith williams actually has a weights bench in his in his studio as well so uh common thing with phantom artists is it get a workout while you're down there um, actually, it's it's not a weight bench. It's a Pilates reformer. Oh, okay. It's it's um it's actually for stretching. Right. So yeah, I, I, I do. It's um it's better for my back. It's uh yeah. stretch up legs. But it is uh 
um, it, it is a workout too. I'm able to work on work on it, but it's not with weights. It's it's all with uh, bands that are um, um, that I, I move back and forth on that. There's the the, uh, the there's a slide that goes back and forth when you're on it, and um, so I'm able to uh, basically just keep stretching. Yeah, cool. Which, uh, yeah, but there there are some uh, benefits to the to, to the reformer where I'm able to do uh, some some like push ups and some pull um, some ab work and stuff like that in order to keep a, a, a core strength. But yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I don't know if it's a re- re- um, required for phantom artists or artists in general. But <laughs> as as I get older, um, it's Working long hours takes a toll on your body. It's the um, danger of being sedentary in your occupation, isn't it? And just just spending a lot of time sitting and and hunched over a, well, the the drawing table you've got props up for you, but. um, Yeah. But still, it's, it's, you know, long hours of sitting, which really is not healthy at all. And I was warned years ago to don't sit so long, and uh, um, I never really. I took it seriously, but when there's deadlines, you have to just keep moving along on on yeah. your deadlines. So now yeah. what I do is when I feel like I'm getting fatigued or my back is starting to ache, I'll, I'll stand up. I'll get on my, my reformer, uh, do some stretching, uh, walk around a little bit, and then get back to work. And it's, it's healthier that way. So Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. So, um, are you able to show us? Have you got any pieces that you're working on at the moment that you're allowed to show us? Um, uh, well, like I said, uh, most of my most of the publishers that I I work with, mm. um, I'm able. I have to sign contracts saying I yeah. not supposed to show anything until they want to release it. Sure. Yeah. Um, but well, there's we don't want to get you into trouble. No, there's there's something on my board. Um, and as long as I don't talk about what it's for, you know, and it's not painted yet, it's just it's something that I'm working on. But this is a yeah. process. I, I'm I've got my my original drawing here, and I'm I'm drawing it all out on my board. I'm getting ready to paint uh, something that I'm going to be painting today. Um, this is my my job basket here, and you can see, Jeremy and I have some uh, sketch covers that I need to get to. <laughs> <laughs> that are right on top of my 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 job uh, my job basket. Um, some drawings of what I'm going to be drawing on those sketch covers. Oh, so, yeah. So these are the studies that I did. Yeah. Oh, cool. Um, let's see what else. Uh, let me pull some things out here. So for the audio listeners, Doug is you know, <laughs> pulling out some drawers um, yeah. at the back. I'm opening up drawers looking for what I have. This is something that is pretty new. Oh, wow. That's huge. So so could you explain 
that to us, or you can't? Sure. Yeah, uh, this is uh, John Carter of Mars. Yeah. It's for Edgar Rice Burroughs Incorporated. And um, there was a, a book cover that I, I had finished recently. It was a, mm. a dream project for me. I'm a huge Edgar Rice Burroughs fan. Um, I uh, came about uh, his work as a teenager reading A Princess of Mars and uh, became a fan of John Carter ever since. And, of course, Marvel Comics had the, the license at the time, too. Um, so this project came about, and um, I just actually finished up with that. I did a, a, a cover. I did a black and white interior, and it's this um, um, limited edition collection of some of the, the stories. Um, and then... I, I'm working on a bunch of other things, too. I just found out the other day that I need to start working on another cover for another publisher. And, and these are paperback covers. The, these aren't comic book covers. Um, but um, and I'm, let's see, I have a sketchbook here. So this is um, actually part of my my, my daily um my daily routine is a sketchbook and I'll sit in my studio and start just sketching ideas. Um, anything that's on my mind or things that I have to start working on. And these are just kind of just doodling or roughs, but just getting ideas down. Mm. Uh, and uh, just the other day, I was working on some phantom stuff. Let's see where it is. Oh wow! Oh. So everything, so, uh, everything starts there, does it, Doug? Like it, you know, yeah. from your idea to the sketchbook, and then graduates to the table. Right. Um, everything starts here. Uh, I've got uh, many sketchbooks. Uh, some are just like idea sketchbooks, uh, and I carry these around with me. Um, I, I did stuff that I, I start thinking of, or something that's been on my mind. You know, if I'm I'm driving, or if I'm teaching, or if I'm just sitting, painting and working, I'll start thinking of an image in my head. Yeah. Um, I've always wanted to do the Phantom with a, a tiger. Um, uh, visually, I, I love that. I love the idea of his figure with this orange and black striped tiger. So I'm trying to work that out in my mind right now. So that's something that I've been exploring in here. Um, so that actually might be one of my, my next pieces that I'm going to do uh, for myself. But as it turned out, last time when I was working on a piece for myself, it ended up being on the Lightning Strikes comics, which um, yeah. you saw. Yeah, right yeah, now. I believe that was for issue three, which yeah comes out in a month or two, I believe. Okay. Um, yeah, and that, and that came about the same way where I had uh, was working on that at the time when um, I was um, asked if I had anything uh, or if I was interested in doing covers for them. And um, I had I have to thank my friend Alex Saviak for um, kind of yep. putting that uh, – that in their ear, like maybe you can mm. ask Doug, and he's and, and um, the publisher asked if I had anything available or if I wanted to start working on something. Um, 
but they needed something pretty quickly. So I said, well, as a matter of fact, I was just finishing up something for myself. And like I had explained before, um, yeah. I, um, I wanted to do, I've always wanted to do that image as a painting. Um, and there were some th things in the drawing that I wanted to uh, tackle again and, and, and fine tune for myself to make myself feel better about what I was doing. So that's why I, I redrew it and, and painted it. So for, yeah. for people who might not have seen that on Facebook, it's a, it's a renewal, I suppose, of the cover you did for Moonstone, the Generations 1 book. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. so you're saying that that was a drawing and you've redone that as a painting, is that right? Right. That was originally a, a black and white piece that was uh, digitally colored. Okay. Um, at, at that time, uh, Moonstone was doing the Generations book and it was a monthly and he wanted me to do the, the covers. And at that time, my schedule wouldn't allow me to do painted covers. So we came up with um, the idea of me just doing black and white and having a friend of mine, Jason Millett, uh, digitally color those pieces. And he did a fine job. Oh, wow. and I just, yeah. I let him do whatever he felt was right because I, I really trusted him on that as well. Um, but then many years later... Um, looking at some of the stuff that I'm mostly interested in. I love the idea of the oath. I love yeah. the idea of generations. And uh, that was something I said I would really like to kind of uh, retackle and, and re-examine and, and re improve on some of my drawing on that. Mm. Oh. So that's how that came about. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah, it was... Um Oh, and for those who are watching the video, podca uh, video podcast that we've just seen a phantom mug there, um, did you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, <laughs> tell us a little uh, bit about that mug. Uh, yeah, friends of the phantom, uh, courtesy of our our friend uh, Pete Klaus. Yep. Uh, uh, Pete uh, has been one of my uh, closest phantom friends since I started. Um, painting for Moonstone, as soon as I had something published, um, I had received a, uh, an email from Pete, and we have mm. been friends ever since, and yeah. uh, uh, he's such a great, warm person, and uh, I've only been able to meet him once in person when he came down to, when he came up to uh, New York City when I was at the New York Comic Con one year, and I was able to spend a little bit of time with Pete, and... Uh, yeah, I just, I, I think of Pete, and right away you want to smile because he's such yes. an energetic um, life force for the Phantom here in the States for us. And uh, that actually made me, makes me think of our, our old friend Ed Rhodes, who um, passed away uh, suddenly many years ago as well, that he called me all the time as well just to talk Phantom and Phantom art, really. Mm. So those are the conversations that I really enjoy uh, yeah. talking about phantom art, um, and and that, and, they, and and Pete keeps me um, informed about what's going on with the phantom all over the world. So he's like my my lifeline for that. Aside <laughs> from Chronicle Chamber and 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 what what you guys do. Oh, cool. No, we appreciate that. Yeah. Um, I've, I had a bit to do with uh, Ed before he passed away and, and, and Pete uh, now as well with uh, Chronicle Chamber and that as well. And um, 
yeah, amazing people, uh, and uh, I was lucky enough to um, lucky enough to call you know them friends and, and stuff like that as well. So um, yeah, yeah. So just wanting to know, were you always an artist, and did you grow up wanting to be an artist? Did you go to school? Yeah, that's that's a that's a great question, Jermaine, um, and it's a really easy question to answer because. <laughs> I've always been an artist. Um, yeah. I can't remember a time when I wasn't drawing. Yeah. Uh, the family legend has it where at two years old, uh, I picked up a pencil and it hasn't stopped. <laughs> um, yeah. And, um, and I started drawing superheroes. Um, and, mm. uh, and I drew the Beatles and I, and I drew uh, things for movies. So it was all visual things, things that were in front of me. It was always pop culture. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, it's it's like a limb on my body. If I, <laughs> it's, it's like I, it's always there, and I'm, I'm always using it. And um, it's, it's the way I think. It's the way I look at things. Mm. And yeah. uh, the, for me, there's, there's no other way. So, yeah, I've, I've always been an artist. And uh, it doesn't mean that I was born an artist. I was born with this idea. I was born with this um, um, passion, or actually it turned into a passion, and it's something that you you learn about and you keep developing, and that's what makes you an artist and a better artist is that that interest and that passion. So Mm. it's, it's, it's who I am. Hmm. So did you, um, was it like always the job that you're going to, going to do? Like, did you go to school to, uh, with you, like a graphic or an art degree or, or, or something yeah. like that? Or, yeah, I, you know, I, I went through all the, uh, the teenage things of, you know, what was I going to do? Um, I, like I said, I was really into, uh, movies. So I, I thought at one time I was going to go to film school. Um, I was uh, in garage bands, so I thought I was going to be a musician <laughs> in, uh, in punk bands. Um, but I was always an artist, and it's something that I couldn't deny. And uh, I was ready to uh, sign up for film school, which uh, some of my friends had already started to attend, and I thought I was just going to be following along with them uh, before I signed up. My parents said, let's walk down the street to the American Academy of Art in Chicago. Um, let's go check check out the school. Maybe there's something there that um, you like. And um, as it, as I had already known, my, my uncle George before me had already been there and uh, attended the school. So I got off the elevator and I was uh, in heaven, really. I felt like, oh, this... This is the place. Mm-hmm. And it just happened to be the art that was on the walls when the elevator opened up was stuff that I liked. There was, um, there's looked like some comic illustration. There were some fantasy uh, paintings and there were some life drawings. And, and I, you know, it's that whole thing. Like when you asked, have I always been an artist? It's like my blood started to boil and I'm like, this is where I wanted to be. And it's something yeah. that I didn't hit at the film school. I just thought that's what I was going to do because my friends were there. Mm. So just the fact that you've clearly still got that 
clear mental image of that moment uh, speaks to yeah. how impactful that was. Mm. I was actually going to ask if um, if your parents had ever been, you know, saying to you, "Oh, so okay, art's nice, but when are you going to get a real job?" But it sounds like they were um, really quite supportive. Well, yeah, I mean, they uh, they said, "Don't you want to go to university instead of art school?" And I thought, "No, I'm." I'm done with the academic stuff. I just wanted to draw and, and <laughs> yeah. paint. Um, you were probably I, drawing all through school anyway, weren't you? I was, yes. Yeah. I was always getting my, my notebooks taking away because I wasn't taking notes. I was drawing <laughs> barbarians and, and uh, damsels in distress in the back of my, my books. Uh, so, yeah, I, I might as well just go to, to school to, to learn how to do a better job at that. Mm. So, um, did you always do comic art, or was there like like did you start doing uh, like graphic, or did you work in like an art studio, and how did you get into the uh, into the comic industry? Um, well, I went to the American Academy of Art with the intention of being a comic book artist. Okay. Uh, uh, my portfolio at the time of of entrance at the school was mostly line artwork, very limited painted stuff. Um, oh. I, I was mostly into drawing and inking. And yeah. In fact, it's, it's, to this day, I always thought, boy, if somebody can pay me to sit and draw all day long, I would be completely happy. And, <laughs> uh, and really the happiest times of my day is when I'm sitting drawing. Mm-hmm. Not to mention when, you know, if I'm wrestling with my boys or spending time with my family but there's that 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 need to sit at my my drawing table and and draw um but as i was at the school and learning how to paint and learning about design and and materials i uh i started falling in in uh love with painting and color and um and that was that's the great thing about art school um and it's 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 a sad thing that I see with today's art art school when the students come and they just have their goal of I just want to be this mm. and they don't really try to expand their their interest um, and uh, maybe reform and and regroup and and actually just develop fully and that's really what happened with me where I, I became a better artist I I yeah but I finished school. I could do comic book art, and I uh, I tried to get into the comic book field at the time, but I got into illustration, um, um, advertising and editorial illustration right away, right out of school, and I worked at in advertising <clears throat> and um, worked in illustration studios, and I spent um, many years just, again, continuing my development as an artist, but always had an interest in comic book art. Always had an interest in fantasy art. Or always had an interest in um, horror art and, and movies. So um, that actually led me to another school then in San Francisco. When I left Chicago, I went to the Academy of Art College, which is now the Academy of Art University in San Francisco. And um, I, I did a, um, a short term in their master's program studying with my three favorite illustrators at that time. Um, which actually are probably still some of my f- most favorite illustrators, and, and that was Drew Struzan and Kazusano and Thomas Blackshear. Um, I also had some great teachers like uh, Charles Pyle 
And um, that was another formidable time for me and redid my portfolio and came back to Chicago and and um, continued my, my career um, as a as an advertising and editorial illustrator, but um, I, I started getting more and more calls. Can I do comic book art or can I do um, Spider-Man on a roller coaster? So, I would, you know, Marvel and DC was starting to do this uh, theme park uh, uh, endeavor here in the States. And they uh, were looking for illustrators to do that sort of thing. And I could never get those jobs because I didn't have any uh, superheroes in my portfolio. So I started slowly starting to try to incorporate more superheroes or heroic figures in my portfolio. And that actually just led to me uh, showing my portfolio around at comic book conventions. So uh, obviously we want to explore that um, a little bit more. But just to back up a little bit, you mentioned uh, Drew's – sorry, Drew's Yeah. He has done some really awesome, um, obviously mostly film posters he's known for, um, or that I know him for anyway, has done uh, some pretty awesome, um, the Phantom Billy Zane movie film posters. That's so right. have you guys ever chatted Phantom as well, or was that before or after around that time? Or No, uh, he, you know, by the time I was a student of his, he, was, he had done so much artwork. Um, but I did... You know, part of the conversations that I had with him was he, he was a, a comic book fan um, growing up, and he knew of uh, obviously the Superman and Batman and, and comic books. But we never talked about the Phantom. I, I I think at the time it was probably just another job that he took seriously, yeah. Yeah. and that's the beauty of his work is, is when you look at his his paintings, no matter what the subject matter is, um, he took those assignments seriously, including the fans, yeah. uh, which is a gorgeous painting. Oh, it is. It absolutely is. It's, I, I wish they'd actually released that as the film poster rather than the, uh, the one slam over the photographer that, yeah, that they actually used. That, yeah, that's, that's advertising for you, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So did you read comics growing up? Oh, yes. Oh. Non-stop. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I, uh, again, it was that visual excitement, you know, the four mm. colors that would jump out as a youngster that would just draw me towards it. Anything bright and, and, and fantasy-oriented, I, I gravitated towards. <clears throat> um, and, uh, yeah, I started out with re- reading Marvel and, and DC and basically anything I get my hands on. Um, the Phantom came along at a later time for me. Yeah. Uh, and he was not, he wasn't, he wasn't popular in, yeah. in yeah. America. Um, and so that was actually, you know, as my interest grew in comics and I started trying to seek out more, that's when I would eventually find the Phantom. But I started out reading um, classic comics, which were just adaptions of um, classic books like Treasure Island and yeah. Three Musketeers and The Hunchback of Notre Dame. And those were the books that my father grew up on. Mm-hmm. But I would, my uncles and my, my father talk about classic comics. And that's how I got into 
reading uh, heavily with, into comics because I was actually a, a very good reader where I was reading adventure uh, uh, tales like um, Treasure Island and, and yeah. Count Cristo. So, so well, and then you so found comics and you and you uh, put the books uh, put the books aside. I did. I started putting the books aside, and uh, <laughs> my comic book collection grew and grew and grew. Um, and just the interest in itself, I was drawing mm. more stuff like that. But I was never really uh, a diehard superhero uh, fan. In fact, I was more, like I said, more into the adventure yeah. stuff um, and uh, horror. So I was into monsters. I was this monster kid. Uh, Dracula, Frankenstein, Godzilla, and uh, dinosaurs. And it wasn't until I saw this, I couldn't find anything else on the newsstand when I saw an issue of Spider-Man with him battling a monster um, or some sort of like crazy-looking, melted, molten man that I said, I'll give this a shot because um, there's nothing else for me to buy right now and I really need to 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 read something, and uh, I picked up a Spider-Man comic book, and I thought, wow, this is actually pretty good. In fact, I really like Spider-Man all of a sudden. <laughs> um, but as far as finding the Phantom, um, my very first um, introduction to him was at our corner little uh, dime store, and they had little uh, sticker sheets of characters, yeah. And um, and again, looking at anything printed and art related as a kid and exploring, I'm rough, uh, rifling through some of the sticker sheets to see what they had. I was actually probably looking for monsters probably more than anything. And I see this uh, sticker sheet, uh, very small, um, and it was all the King feature char- uh, King Features uh, characters on there, like Popeye and Mandrake. Yeah. And then there was this purple clad hooded figure on there looked like a superhero to me. Mm. I said, who is this guy? And I was really intrigued and I had to search him out. I had to figure out who that was all on my own. Oh, wow. So without, without the internet. Well, yeah. So I was about to ask what sort of era was that? What sort of books were you able to find or, or comic strips were you able to find? Um, well, I found the uh, Charlton comics. Okay. Um, was was publishing the Phantom and and luckily for me that's when uh, uh, Don Newton was doing the covers and, and the artwork uh, so mm. that was introduction here and then once I saw those that that's when it started clicking with me where I saw a lot of the other older Phantom comic books mm. at um, comic book conventions that's the Is sticker that one? That's, that's the, the sticker? one that's the sticker <laughs> and there's my my purple, and then, and I probably first saw Prince Valiant down there more than anything because I was into Conan the Barbarian, and mm. I'm like, oh, I, I knew who Prince Valiant was just from my my uncles and my dad talking about him. But then I'm like, who's that purple guy next to him? Uh, so I was really intrigued because all of a sudden there was a new superhero that I had never seen before. Mm. Yeah, Don Newton's um, uh, era of Charlton was probably the the best era. Yeah, who's uh, an amazing artist and um, did the painted covers and stuff like that. And um, that's one of my grail pieces. Is a, is a would be an original um, Don Newton. Yeah, 
Yeah, oh, mine, mine as well. Sure. <laughs> um, so yeah, so um, that's when I I started my interest in uh, the Phantom. Started with with Don Newton, and it's so funny because just like you said, Jermaine, um, painted covers. I mean, painted covers weren't very popular on mm. American books at all. So Charlton and and the Dell comics and the Gold Key comics, they all had the painted covers, and I yeah. never understood that. Um, but later on, as a as an artist, that's when it really uh, started clicking with me. Hmm. Wow! So, so uh, oh, sorry, down you go. Oh, I was just um, I was just going to start exploring that that process you're talking about about um, painted covers and that sort of thing. We've seen a little bit about the sketchbook and the drawing to the hmm. side. You, you, you've um, obviously got a drawing there. You, you talk about. Do you then paint over it, or do you use that? To as to one side as a reference, um, are we talking or a watercolors box. and oils or, or you know, okay, you know, yeah. So I I do a, a drawing and it's um, these are presentation drawings that I I develop for the client. Um, I scan that and then I uh, send it to them for approval and discussion, and then from there I transfer that drawing onto a larger board for me to paint on, and then and that painted surface is a, a gesso prepared board and I prime the board with gesso um, sand it down and do I don't I redo my drawing larger okay okay so do you use like a light box technique or do you draw it actually again um, I actually have an opaque projector that I put my drawing oh, okay. into the into the projector and I'm able to um, project it right onto the to that surface and then retrace yeah, my drawing down, and then I bring it back to my board, tighten up my drawing, um, and prepare prepare for paint. So, like mm-hmm. like I said today, I'm, I, what I've got on the board here today, I've, I'm ready to start uh, putting some color down with the brush. Which, you know, I start thinking about it, and you start, oh, I can't wait for that moment to start happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, my stepdad's a, a painter and artist, and he's, you know, he, he might put it off, put it off, put it off, and then you'll get that inspiration or that moment, and then he'll just do it. And, um, yeah, and then when he's in that moment, it just happens. Yes, yes, and then there's no turning back. <laughs> you just got to run with it. Yeah, 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 because you don't know when it's going to happen again. <laughs> yeah, and and the beauty about paint, uh, painting uh, physically on a board is um, accidents happen, and you have to go with it. And... Mm. Uh, and that's something that, again, being an, an art student, you learn about being a painter. And uh, with uh, digital art, if, if an accident happens and you don't like it, you can Those just control do it. <laughs> and uh, you know, get rid of that, that attempt and start again. But with the painting, you just you, you have to go with it, which uh, I, I enjoy um, mm. immensely. Where if something happens that I didn't account for, it's like, what can I do with this now? And uh, and that's the fun part. And um, yeah. is that part of what? Because you've got a, a, an extremely unique style, uh, certainly in the in the fandom world. You, I mean, we can you, you look at various pictures and whatever, and, and anything that's a um, a Doug Clarber really stands out and uh, is distinctive. Oh, so, is that? Um, does that come from the painting process, do you think, or, or what, what's the art? The, the I guess, how did you learn to 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 create like that in such a distinctive fashion? Well, um, with art, it's all about your personal taste. 
it's uh, stuff that inspires me. Um, and it's the artists that um, I study that by looking at books or watching videos of them working or listening to them talk, um, that's the sort of inspiration that comes from them into my work. Mm. Um, it, it also comes down to what kind of uh, color palette that they're, they're using mm. that, um, you know, eventually I start using the same color palette for one thing, or I might have uh, three or four different color palettes that I use for certain paintings. A lot of that has to do with um, expression and emotion and mood. Uh, so I know what color, kind of colors I want to use for that. So that's probably what you're talking about, Dan, when um, you say my stuff might be recognizable. Um, well, yeah, there's, there's a couple of different instances there, but I think a lot of it, too, has to be with the way I draw and um, and then Jermaine, like what we're doing with uh, setting up some of my photo references on your yes. page as well. Um, I like to, I've always liked to draw realistically mm. and I can't draw realistically out of my head. I've, I've tried and, and um, it takes a very long time. <laughs> and that's something that I learned from the artists like Drew Struzan and, and uh, Thomas Blackshear was if you're going to draw realistically, you need to take photo references, not only yes. as there for you, it's a tool and you can, you can find all the, the details that you want to use. It's not the details that you have to use. You find the details that you want to use. Yeah. Uh, I'm never a slave to my reference and you can see that in the stuff that I sent you. I, yeah, I'll take what I want out of it. I don't, and then you, even some of those shots that I sent, they're all kind of chopped up and taped together. And yeah, like I like I said, I'll take multiple shots of the of my model and and, and, and the figure and, and the pose, and I'll find what I like about each shot. You know, even yeah. down to the details, the way the light is affecting the uh, things, um, and that's what I'll use. Um, yeah, I noticed in um, one of them. Uh, you've given me like a, and for those who are listening, by the time you're listening to this, that article will be online. Um, so, you know, have a, so if you haven't seen the article yet or anything like that, uh, press pause, scoot over to chroniclechamber.com, uh, and then the article will be there, um, linked with this podcast and you'll be able to have a look at some of the references that, uh, Doug has kindly, uh, sent us. Um, one of the ones that I liked was where you've got the phantom ring and you've got the fist and there's like the four or five different slight angles, the rings on the different fingers and and it's and it, it gives a good example of basically how you've taken you know the five ten photos and of different angles and then used them on the actual drawing as well. Yeah, and it, it really comes down to um, what I'm looking for to draw. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I would, I'll take like multiple shots of the fist. And the reason why the rings on different fingers is because, um, the ring would only fit on one of Dwayne's fingers and not on the, <laughs> the finger that I wanted it to be on. So as long as I had it on his hand, I know I could just draw it on the other finger. <laughs> <laughs> so was that ring from, uh, a gift from, uh, Ed or Pete, I'm assuming? Um, I'm trying to think where I got that ring. I know Pete probably sent it to me. Yeah. Um, 
But then uh, Pete actually, oh, so I, so the ring I think I used on that reference was something that Pete or Ed sent me. I'm pretty sure it was Pete though, because he's like I said, he's my connection. Um, and then I redesigned it to the way I thought the rings always looked to me in the past. And then when when I read when I drew that. Pete said, oh, I love your design of that ring. And I thought, <laughs> I didn't design that ring, though, because I, it was probably something that I saw in the past that I wanted to bring back, mm. <laughs> or at least my, my best recollection of it. Mm. Uh, so then Pete actually had those rings made for me based on my design. <laughs> <laughs> and um, he gifted those to me. And then I started using those on my shoots uh, with Dwayne, and I think it was the same thing where it wouldn't fit on his correct finger, so he had to use, I might even have been his pinky finger, because Dwayne's got bigger hands than me. Uh, being a police officer and a basketball player and a boxer. Uh, so uh, that's how the rings came about. Uh, but yeah, I, yeah. I would, I, I'm looking for certain um, twists of the body and certain gestures. I'm looking for certain ways the shadows were affecting the figure. Um, So that's why I would take all of those photos and make sure I Mm. I got exactly what I wanted because once my model leaves and I get my photos uh, printed out, it's it's all between me and and the board then and my pencil. So that's where I'm going so you've mentioned um, a name there, Dwayne. Is, is it the same model that you use for most of your Phantom, particularly yeah. photo references? Yeah, he was um, he was there from pretty much the beginning. Um, there, there was probably a couple of instances where Dwayne wasn't available, and I had to um, um, I used my my brother-in-law Matt, um, who ended up being a, a really great model as well. Um, and I think I might have sent you one of his shots too. He was on twenty, the Phantom Twenty Five on the horseback. Yeah, no, I didn't get that shot. The one that we Why did you send you get was oh, okay. uh, the Generations uh, Nine cover, which uh, featured what? you as the model uh, in a trench coat. Yeah. Oh, that wasn't me. That was uh, actually a oh, friend that, of mine. That oh, was a that wasn't mine. you. No, no, it wasn't me. It was oh. a friend of mine that lived across the, uh, the street from, from me, and uh, he was always kind enough to come over to my house at um, um, odd hours of the night when <laughs> the family's asleep, and his family was asleep, and he would run over and put on the trench coat and a fedora and, and <laughs> let him take a couple of pictures, and he'd be on his way. Um, but you can see, like, I, I like using friends and family as my models. Yeah. Uh, that it makes it fun for for everybody, mm. you know. And I, and I think it is that um, the the realism that when I talk yeah. about the distinctiveness of your artwork, I think it's the realism and particularly um, the face, the the facial expressions, and the um, you really capture um, a real um, face. Uh, and then sometimes it's hard to believe that it is it's come out of your pen or your paintbrush, and it's not um, an adaptation of a, of a photograph. Um, it really is that real some of them yeah and well, like the creases in the costume and stuff like that as well like 
Yeah, well, uh, there's a couple of things there. One is, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty uh, serious person when it comes to facial expressions and and uh, not just in my own art, by by the way other artists do facial expressions. And um, I don't want them to look silly or um, unbelievable. Mm. Uh, but also with the creases of the costume, I, I want it to look like he's wearing a costume and I don't want it to look like his costume was painted on top of his skin <laughs> yeah yeah so there has to be some sort of some creases on there yes exactly so when, totally you, agree with that. when you when you talk before about um bringing an image of the of the phantom's ring out, out of your memory of the past of reading it and that sort of thing do you have a particular favorite phantom artist that you recall or a, a particular phantom story that um you know has stuck with you or um, do you have a lot of those comic books still on hand as references as well? Or can you tell us a little bit about, I guess, uh, that area? Um, <clears throat> I love Ray Moore. Um, just, uh, as far as that look, um, kind of reminds me when I, you know, it kind of fits my sensibilities as, uh, someone who loves golden age illustration. Mm. Um, and I just love, the uh, noir feel to, mm. to that work. Um, the Aviatrix story is probably one of my, my favorites. Um, I love Siberi's work. I'm a huge Siberi fan. Um, and uh, there's so many of his stories that I, I, I love. Just as much as uh, with Spider-Man, John Romita is my favorite Spider-Man artist. Um, during that period of time, Siberi is probably uh, right at the top of my list. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. um, along, you know, again with, but then there's then there's Don Newton, who was like my first phantom artist that I really <laughs> connect, you know, that, that I came upon. Mm. So it's those are like my my three, but there's there's so many wonderful uh phantom artists i mean george wilson doing the paperback covers yeah um, the painted ones yeah yeah the painted covers and so and i'm not even i haven't even scratched the european artists and artists that i found later on and uh, yeah as a collector yeah so how did you get the gig with moonstone um that's actually a, a pretty good story. Just like Dan said that I always remembered my first experience of going to the American Academy of Art. Um, I remember it was a Sunday early afternoon and uh, Joe Gentile uh, gave me who a ring. Who was the editor, yep. Yeah, who was the editor and publisher at, at Moonstone. And, um, and at, you know, at the time I, I knew Joe pretty well. Um, he, uh, he uh, when he first saw my work uh, years before, a couple of years before that, he immediately started giving me assignments, um, and uh, he calls and says, "Doug, um, I I really need your help on something." And I said, "Okay, what, what's going on, Joe?" <laughs> he goes, "I have a phantom book ready to go to press, but I don't have a cover." <laughs> I said, "Oh, okay, well." Um, Okay, I'll, I'll start working on it uh, later today, and uh, I'll uh, I'll see what I can come up with, and we'll, we can start talking about ideas and stuff. 
I go, well, when do you need it? He goes, uh, I, need it, I need it in two weeks. And I said, oh, okay, no problem. Here I thought he was going to say I need it in like three days, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is actually kind of normal when somebody calls you up and says I'm in a jam. Um, but Joe's nice enough to know that his jams are two weeks down the line. That's <laughs> so just a, a great uh, picture of how good of an editor and publisher Joe was. Um, but before that, when he had announced that he was going to be doing the Phantom, I went up to him um, and said, Joe, I would really love to do your Phantom covers. And he said, oh, I didn't know you were a Phantom fan. Um, I wish I would have known that because I already assigned Joe Cassidy to do the, the covers. So I'm going to use him. And uh, I said, okay. But it, and before that, he would, they were, Joe had done the, the graphic novels and that just kind of, he already had, uh, um, I forgot who was doing those graphic novel covers now. And I, uh, I Joe, him. is it Nes, Nesbik or something? It, it was Joe. Um, and here I hung out with him at a convention, like all, all weekend. I can't remember. He was the nicest guy too. Um, but yeah, he was doing some great covers for Joe. And I never told Joe that I wanted to do the Phantom because those covers were, were really nice. Joe um, Nes, N-A-P-R-S-T-E-K, for however you pronounce that. I know. <laughs> He's not doing comics right now, I don't think, anymore. That's why I'm not connecting with it. Um, plus, I uh, it's been many years since I, I've seen those. So anyway, um, so I never went to Joe to say, I want to do Phantom Comics because I want to feel like mm. I was going to be a bully and trying to, 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 to take those away from, from Joel. So... Uh, Joe goes, oh, I wish you, I would have, you would have told me, um, but I'll keep you in mind. If something happens, I'll, I'll put you on the back burner. So this was, this was the moment that Joe remembered that yeah. Doug wanted to do the Phantom. Plus, he knew that I was very reliable on, on getting something to him. Of course, Joe was also my client that when I finished the painting, I brought it to him. He gave me a check. So that was actually a really nice yeah, which is uh, always handy. <laughs> for doing work for Joe. Um, so I so then yeah, I'm like, what do you want to what, what do you want to see in that this cover? He goes, well, it was for a trade paperback. It was going to be collecting all of these stories, um, and I need a new image. He goes, do whatever you want, and I thought, well, wow, you got to be kidding me. So. I already knew what I wanted to do. This is a, a phantom image that was in my mind for such a long time. Mm. Um, I, and I, I called I called Dwayne over. I said, Dwayne, I said, I'm doing the phantom. I said, bring your guns. <laughs> <laughs> but like yeah, I said, that's he, the crossed arms. Yeah, so he had a he was a Chicago police officer at the time and he brought his his uh, his uh, his guns over. Um and uh that's that's how that happened. Yeah, that's one of that's probably um, would you say that's yeah, it's probably one of the most iconic one of your most iconic Phantom covers. I would say the first one for the trade paperback. Uh, I'm glad to hear that. Um, but uh, the emails that I received after doing that painting just started flooding my inbox mm. from uh, Frank Caruso from King Features in New York. Oh, wow. me how, much, how much he liked it. Uh, ben Robb from uh, the the writer, 
Yeah. Tell me how much he, and he, he Ben's a huge Phantom fan. Yeah, so he's now doing Flash Gordon, I think. I oh, know, no, uh, the, the Flash, Flash TV series. Yeah, and probably another TV series too, but. Mm. We need to get um, him yeah. onto the Phantom TV series. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, wishful thinking. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, so uh, just to hear it from now, uh, like from Ben and, and Frank and. And then, um, then meeting Alex Saviak at, at Comic-Con uh, that same year, and him and I becoming fast friends because of how much Alex is a huge Phantom fan as well. Mm. Um, so uh, it, it not only uh, brought me some really wonderful friends, uh, it brought me some exposure with, with the character. Um, and even Alex Ross noticing it. So, oh, wow. You know, Calling me up saying, "Hey, I, I I noticed your Phantom covers, you know." So, well, that's that, a huge, um, yeah, yeah, you know. And, and and I should say that I have I had known Alex already. I mean, we were we were friends. Yeah. Um, and again, another another really great artist, but even a even a better great guy on on top of that. Um, and and people might want to say, "Well, what do you guys talk about?" We talk about art. How do you, yeah. art techniques, favorite artists, you know, stuff like that. It's not yeah. always all about superheroes. Mm. Mm. So do you have a favorite Phantom cover? Um, I, I really do like that first one for the trade paperback, yeah. but um, I do, um, I did the, uh, they did a reprint. Moonstone did a reprint of that trade paperback because it had sold out and they were going to do a second printing. So I did the standing Yes. Yeah. On it. And right behind you, Jermaine, is that uh, piece of artwork with the Phantom, the black and white piece, with his arms crossed. Oh, right. yep, yep. And, um, and I wanted to do something a little bit more Siberi influenced. I wanted a full figure. Mm. I wanted that another iconic image with his mm. arms, maybe a little bit more um, friendlier, not with um, you know the guns. Hmm. Um, yeah, I would ex- express a little bit more adventure behind it, so hmm. I did that that image. So I, I there, it's a tie between those two for me. It's, a, it's, it's hard to uh, keep doing Phantom covers if uh, your two favorite ones are your first two you've done. <laughs> yeah, well, no, I, I did that that second one um, probably after I had done maybe uh, oh, okay. of, of the yeah the other one, so. Yeah. Dan, do you have a favourite? Uh, well, I would, certainly both of those are, are, are in the conversation. Um, probably the Generations 1 cover that we talked about a bit earlier before yeah. that uh, you, you've reimagined for Lightning Strike. That uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you there, Doug. I love the oath and I love that idea of uh, passing down the, the mantle of the Phantom from generation to generation. So that if I had to if I had to pick one as, as my absolute favourite, it would be that one. But... Um, a lot of your art, we've, and Jermaine touched on it right at the very start, has gone on to be used for Bradford Exchange, and um, so I think that was the the poster that you or the art montage that you showed us that's hanging on your wall there, and um, yeah. on their knives, and and well, on on a whole heap of their work actually. Um, so, I, can I ask around that, like the practicalities of, I guess, is a double-barreled question, the the practicalities of handing over the artwork and receiving the check from Moonstone, um, did they? Did Moonstone actually get the physical 
finished piece or have you retained that and how did that image go on to be available for for bradford um yeah when when an artist uh paints for a publisher you're you're selling them just the image so they they pay you their little bit of money just to use the image so the artists um retain the artwork okay. unless there's um something in the contract stating that they would retain the artwork the physical mm. art as well. Which is the way it used to be. Uh, from, yeah. From what it used to be. Yeah. yeah. But now, you know, the law dictates that, you know, the money is just for the image itself. So mm-hmm. they get the digital image because that's what they're using it for. Yeah. Um, and then from there, Moon, uh, Joe at Moonstone worked out a deal at the Bradford Exchange. And I don't know if he talked to Glenn Ford directly on that or if uh, somebody else at Bradford Exchange out in Australia um, approached Moonstone and, and Joe worked out a licensing deal with the artwork for that. Um, I never talked to Glenn about that, but Glenn was actually nice enough a few years ago um, to send me a lot of the product because he had found out that I never received any of the product. Oh, they were right. used and and I had worked with Brad, I worked with Bradford Exchange here in Illinois, and some of their other um, non Phantom stuff. I did a lot of their Gone with the Wind uh, licensed product um, okay. for their plates and and stuff like that. So I, I knew in contracts you would always get some product along with it. So Glenn was really mm. instrumental in connecting me with the right people at Bradford Exchange, and they sent me like they sent me the. Uh, the beautiful framed uh, piece with the Bengala map on there and the, the medallions. and mm. Actually, that was something that um, they sent me over those mon- that montage print. That the, and I had to sign all those and ship that back to them before they framed all those. So um, I, I w- always wanted to get two of those because I wanted to um, – I always try to take care of Pete Klaus whenever I can and – if he ever saw that I had that, I know he'd keep calling me <laughs> saying, Doug, if you ever want to part with that, you know, you'd have to find it. <laughs> <Yeah. home." laughs> um, so, unfortunately, as you know, those products aren't available in, no. in the state. No. Well, which, they're not available here anymore either. Oh, they're not. No, they've um, lost or, or yeah, didn't renew the their license. So. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's a oh, shame, that's... but uh, now I guess you've, um, Pete and will have to troll eBay like everybody else or uh, or find a friend <laughs> who's got a spare. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. Maybe I could talk to somebody at Bradford Exchange about doing it here in the States then. Well, <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Yeah. That, that then, we'll, the... then we'll be uh, contacting you to ship, yeah. ship ours over. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So... Uh, with a lot of your work that you've done with Moonstone, there's you seem to do a lot of it with uh, Ruben. Uh, I'm going to butcher his last name. Procopio. Procopio. Um, did you have a like a, a working relationship or? Well, um, I I met Ruben Ruben through Moonstone. I met okay. him at uh, Comic Con the one year that we did the uh, Phantom Anniversary panel at Comic Con. Um, and I had been a, a big fan of Ruben's work before mm-hmm. I met him, um, as far as his sculpture work and his, his drawings. And 
he's a big fan of the Phantom as well. Um, and we really connected by email and by the phone. Um, and then he had called and said how much he was, you know, he liked some of the work I did. And I thought, you know, I, I really want to take advantage of uh, talking to him and talking to another artist and try to develop my um, perception and, and uh, interest in the Phantom a little bit more. So I said, hey, Ruben, I'm going to be working on these generation covers. Mm. Would you mind taking a look at what I'm doing and maybe not art directing me on it, but maybe kind of giving, giving me some feedback? And uh, and he gave me some really great feedback in my drawings and my 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 sketchbook thumbnails. And eventually, I said, "Hey, do you want to do these together?" And he goes, "So we, we explained uh, how would we would work together on it. And some of it was he had ideas, and I would draw his ideas, or I would draw some ideas, and then he would do the finished ideas. So we did some back and forth." On that, we even did one cover where I did half of the artwork, and he did the other half of the artwork. No, and really. I, what side what side? number? It was. I can't remember what number that was. Yeah. So. Oh, a, is that? I think I know the one. I think it's Phantom Generations Eight, where you're um, uh, holding oh, yeah. the sword. Yeah, he's holding the sword, and that split the image in half. Yeah. 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 Oh, wow. So I did half of that artwork, and Ruben did the other half of the artwork. So that's the kind of stuff that I wanted to have fun with mm. on on some of these covers. Um, and I thought it would just uh, not just – I didn't think, oh, I was going to help sell these books even better or, or do some new things with for Moonstone. I just thought it would be fun for uh, the fans to see some – some you know, bunch of artists doing these jam pieces together, and yeah. I wanted to see more of that. And uh, my and, and my schedule at the time was getting a little busier with some of the other work I was doing. I think I started working with with Dynamite at the time on Project Superpowers with Alex Ross. So um, there was some balancing going on, and, and Ruben yeah. kind of ended up doing some covers on his own on that as well. So. Um, so that's how that works. But yeah, Ruben's one of my my favorite Phantom artists, and of course I love his his sculptures. And I yes. have a lot of his pieces in my my home. Um, you you probably you saw there's there's two up on my shelf over there. I've got um, I've got the Flash Gordon and Prince Valiant up on the top shelf in the back. I don't know, can you see it back there? Sort of. Yeah, I'll 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 walk over there, but. Um, <laughs> I have uh, my phantom sculpture is up in my son's room. Um, he's he kind of commandeered that for me. And actually, <laughs> the phantom wouldn't fit down here right now because the shelving is a little low. But uh, there's ah uh, uh, yes, there's my Prince Valiant, and there is yeah. Is that the um? Is it the Tiki design, I think yeah. it is? Yeah. Yeah. Um, got, I think it's this one. Oh, sorry, just in my cabinet next to me. Let me see if I can pull it out without making too much of a mess or waking up my girls. 
<laughs> uh, was it this one? Yes, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is this is an amazing piece, this one. I love that piece. Mm. I love that piece. And uh, your son's got a good, a good eye. Yeah. Every time I walk in his room, I'm like, how come that's not down in my studio? <laughs> <laughs> so the fa- the... The cover that I like the best that the two of you did together was the um, Generations number three, which is uh, the Phantom on the Skull Throne, and it's got all the generational Phantoms around it. That was that was um, Ruben and I both were, were working on thumbnails for that together. Um, I can't really remember the back and forth on that specifically, but yeah, we did some some ideas. Um, and I wish I, wish I uh, remembered exactly to make sure Ruben gets the credit that he deserves on that. But yeah, um, he really helped me formulate um, that image. But that's mm-hmm. something that I I'm glad you like that one, Jermaine, um, and mention that because that's actually one of my that's probably my favorite out of that generation's uh, covers that I did. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the idea of him sitting on the skull throne and he's got the generations that he's thinking about behind mm. him and, or maybe even like looking down upon him. Yeah. Almost, you know, like blessing him or, or looking out for him. Yeah. Mm. There's, there's, there's a couple of others as well. There's the, um, uh, where the Phantom's looking over, he's reading a chronicle with, um, uh, with the sun, sun, yeah. Um, uh, I like the the fedora one with the um, uh, the the sh- in his uh, Mister Walker garb, and also the one uh, which is the Generations Twelve, where he's walking with his head down a little bit past the tomb of his uh, forefathers one. and stuff like that. So yeah, there, there's some there's some very powerful. Um, Ones in there, and then I haven't even mentioned one of my all-time favourite ones, and that's uh, uh, the Avery, the Avery, the Aviatrix, the Aviatrix one, uh, which has got, um, which is you've given us the the photo, the photographic reference for that one as well, yeah, um, with the with the lady in the in the background as well. That's probably one of my all-time favourite favourite Phantom covers ever. Well, I'm, it's, it's so nice to hear that, um, especially about the Generations covers, because that was really my intention with that line is um, to really push the facet of the character um, a lot mm. more. That um, stuff that I find intriguing about who he is as a as a as a person, as a character, and the stuff that he lives with and what he goes through, what what really comes down to the core of his um, personality or of his character and him thinking about his generations and, and his, his, his family line. Yeah. So, and that's the stuff that interests me the, um, a lot about that character, but that's what I've always wanted to do with the covers is, you know, not just an action shot, but what else about, the, the facet of the of the character, just like looking at a gem or a, a finely cut diamond. What other things can we look at mm. um, that I can push out um, 
And I'm not saying that I'm the only one who's ever done that, but that's just something that um, I, I would like to see more with any character instead of just something leaping out of um, the shadows and, yeah. uh, you know, well, just think, punching somebody. Yeah. I think what you're talking about there is the capturing the human side of, of oh, this yeah. character and... Um, and that's certainly what you do in some of those that we've, I guess, the realism and, the, and you've, we've talked about facial expressions and that sort of thing, but also those poignant moments of reflection and um, uh, reality of the human condition as much as anything. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, thanks, Definitely. So did did Moonstone give you kind of like a, um, a Bible or, or something that you had to uh, like work from? Uh, or a style guide or anything like that? This is actually, in fact, a question from one of our listeners, uh, Mikhail Leek, who uh, helps us out occasionally as well as some stuff. So, um, yeah, so thanks um, for that. Uh, no, no no Bible, no nothing, really. Um, <laughs> it was mostly a conversation between me and Joe. Um, kind of, you know, he wanted to know what I knew about the Phantom, if I knew anything about the Phantom. <laughs> yes. Uh, which... Uh, it's, it's important. He just didn't want to assign, you know, covers to somebody if they didn't know what they were doing. Mm. Um, and if I had any questions, um, Joe was always available. Um, uh, he always had me even talk to the writers. Uh, um, but there was a lot of my own research. Um, I'm a strong believer of an, an illustrator as a journalist. Yeah. Um, we have to do our research in order for it to be believable. And I really do believe that an audience can see if you're faking it, um, which I, I like to think that's why people have responded maybe so favorably on some of the Phantom covers that I did. Is maybe they realize that I, I know the character and um, that I, I, I do my research. Um, mm. you know, I've, I've read through... Um, past reprints, early reprints, and I've got some collections. Even before he became re, you know, popular again in, in the States, all because of Moonstone. Yeah, Moonstone did a great job. Yeah, I think uh, you know, Moonstone did this uh, really well-done promotion of the character without even realizing um, that people were really interested in in the character more than publishers realized. Yeah. So we've got some nice reprints now that we can, can read through. Mm. Yeah. With Holmes and that. So you, you mentioned the great job that Moonstone did. Um, and, and I understand that you've probably still got relationships with Moonstone and also uh, Dynamite. Were you, because like you said before that you had, you were doing work with Dynamite as well. Was there, um, like, how did that whole thing kind of happen where Moonstone lost the license to Dynamite? And was there a reason why you didn't do any further covers with Dynamite? Or, um, well, let's just to clarify, Moonstone never lost the license and to, to Dynamite. Um, and I know what the uh, the the internet um, went about. Yeah. And kind of, you know, kind of dictated um, reality, which wasn't really the case. With King Features, um, th there is no exclusive license for for publishing. Okay. When you sign a publishing agreement with King Features, they can 
uh, sell the same license to another publisher. Oh, wow. And Joe knew that. And uh, I don't know if Dynamite knew that. Yeah. And I never talked to, to Nick or anybody at Dynamite about that at all. Um, so what I do know is both Nick and Joe, who are friends, worked on an agreement where they didn't want to publish two titles at the same time, which yeah. I don't see what the big deal is nowadays because more Phantom now would be just as welcome, you know? Yeah, and Moonstone did such a great job as well. And they, um, yeah, they, they did their own take on it, as, as Dynamite did wonderful take on it too. So uh, Nick at Dynamite said, okay, you finish up what your projects are at Moonstone, and then we'll start our stuff up. And I yeah. think Joe, maybe at the time, was just kind of like, I'm just going to not pay for the license anymore since uh, Dynamite has it, and I'm going to free myself up for some of the other things that Dynamite, uh, not Dynamite, uh, Moonstone yes. was uh, pretty much established for, and that was really uh, noir Mm. Uh, stuff with detectives, which is something that I was again interested in, and I mean, as as you're probably aware, I was ended up being more of a signature cover artist for Moonstone in the early days for them, um, in my hopes that they can get uh, some more uh, really great cover artists uh, signed up. So, uh, mm. but then when when Dynamite got the Phantom, um, and and I really don't have much to say about. Um, why or why not I did anything with them, but I really understood uh, Dynamite's position where they needed to really do their own thing with the Phantom. Yeah. Why carry over what Moonstone had already, has, yeah. was, had already done? They um, they had Alex Ross, too, and I think their agreement with, with King Features was um, we want Alex Ross doing Phantom covers. Yeah, because he's such a big name. Yeah, he's he's like the the top cover guy at, at that time of superhero comics, and that's what King Features wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if Joe knew this, but I think Alex would have done Phantom Comics for Moonstone at the time. Yeah, because it was, I, I, you know, internet, I don't know how real these type of things are, but it was rumored that, uh, that Alex was... A Phantom fan that he had a oh, yeah. you know a, a, a great respect for the character and had always wanted to draw the Phantom. Yes, yeah. Alex is a. I mean, he's probably the one person I know who's the biggest, uh, biggest superhero fan that I know. Um, mm. He loves everything about any costume figure. Yeah, um, we, and you can tell just by everything he paints. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. So, so you, oh, sorry, you, Dan. obviously you've um, you've just been open to Lightning Strike when they contacted you. Obviously, uh, you'd be keen and enthusiastic to do any more fandom work for anyone who uh, wanted to contact you. Wink, wink, through nudge, nudge. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I uh, I'm I'm itching to do the Phantom. I and I have I've been for a while. Um, I, I, I miss working on the Phantom. Um, my, my schedule doesn't allow me some some free time to work on my own mm. personal pieces as much as I used to. Um, yeah. I, I, I teach um, 
comics as well. I teach art in, in schools as well. So I'm half and half now. I'm half teaching, half painting. And in fact, uh, it's, it's like a constant. When I'm done teaching, I, I then go and, and work on my assignments. Um, I, I did something for Glenn. Um, I did a trading, I did a piece of artwork for a trading card art that I don't know if it's been released yet or not. Uh, not yet. <laughs> uh, not, not yet. yet. <laughs> okay. But he did a, I know he did a coloring book that I, I did a couple of, I gave him a couple of pieces for that. Um, and I adore what, with what Fru was doing with the Phantom. And uh, I love Kid Phantom so much. And I wish they can do something with that here in the States. Cause boy, I think, Boy, if Moonstone ever got the Phantom again, I I think uh, Moonstone should do Kid Phantom and, and kind of license that from Fru. Um, I think it would do pretty well here. Um, I, so, are you getting a lot of Fru stuff? Are you getting um, the Fru comics? I, I see it. I don't I don't get enough of it here. Um, when I yeah. when I find it, I buy it. Um, usually, it's at a convention. It's not at any of the stores. Um, but. Yeah, I, and, and Glenn has talked about some stuff, but quite frankly, I need to actually ship out some some stuff to Glenn, uh, and uh, because I'm so backed up between working and and this huge move that I just did, I'm actually mm-hmm. kind of slowing down where I can kind of uh, finish up on some of my commissions and and do some new things and um and like and then when lightning strikes came about like it was just perfect timing for me because I was already working on that piece. Um, but I've got a whole sketchbook of stuff that I've been working on as far as images go. And I'm just going to just paint them. Hmm. Um, I've got a, a, a number of, uh, friends that are collectors and, uh, a, a hello to Paul Maloney out there. Oh, and, yes, Paul. Yep. Yeah. He's such a great guy as well. Um, one of those sketch covers is for him. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. You know, and, and Jermaine, you and I, we go back to the uh, Deep Woods uh, uh, community. <laughs> forums. Yeah. Forums. You know, so, uh, and I met a lot of great friends through the forum. You, you're you one of those guys. Mm. You know, Dan, were you on the forums back then? Uh, no, not really. No, I, I'm one of those. Oh, I haven't come in late to the Phantom um, collecting or reading. I've certainly been doing that since I was a, a little tacker. But I, um, I'm, I'm a teacher as well, and uh, I was busy with teaching, not getting on uh, deep wood forums and that sort of thing. I hadn't embraced <laughs> yeah. my, my true Phantom well, nerd at that stage. <laughs> good for you. Yeah. Good for you. Um, I, those were fun moments. Though now Facebook's there, so uh, yeah. So, um, Kid Phantom, what, do you, what is it that you like about um, Kid Phantom? I like the energy. Um, I like the enthusiasm behind it. It look uh, st- strikingly, it looks fun. Yes. And, uh, and I really do believe that's what comic books need. Uh, maybe, maybe I, you know, and, and we see a, we see so much stuff in, in America now. It's no longer just superheroes, which is what it was maybe twenty years ago. Mm. Um, we've, it's just so wonderful. It's such a wonderful time as always with comic books, but, um, I buy more European stuff probably now. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm more interested in, 
uh, other things behind besides just superhero stuff. Uh, of course, in America, the superhero stuff is mostly TV and film related now. It's it's mm. it's such a huge part of our pop culture. Um, I would love a new Phantom movie. Like we kind of oh. hinted hinted oh. at that. Would that be like a huge yeah. uh, Avengers or Marvel take on the Phantom with a big budget? Although yeah. I love the Bill Zane Saturday matinee Saturday afternoon matinee feel to it. Mm-hmm. I, I love another Phantom. I the whole ah, don't want to get me started. And that's another conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to see a TV series written by yeah. Ben Rab uh, with the whole. Uh, like Arrow has the whole flashbacks type of thing, and I would yeah. like to see the like the new Phantom taking over, and then the flashbacks be like the first Phantom, uh, you know. So you have like the two flashbacks of two generations of Phantoms going through, and then the current Phantom learning off the first Phantom and and, and stuff like that. That's how I reckon. Uh, that's how I reckon it would work. Are you, Are you in the entertainment business, Jermaine? No, I'm not. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, I mean, there's so many seasons there because you can get the fourth yeah. Phantom and the seventh Phantom. And, uh, yeah, exactly. Really, really, there's such a rich well, history. Yeah, I mean, it could go on and on, fortunately for us. Yeah, yeah. Oh, look, we, we, every Phantom fan wishes that uh, that there would be some sort of movie, big budget or otherwise, TV series, Netflix special or series. We could all <laughs> watch uh, something, something that uh, would bring yeah. him back more into the public consciousnesses and, and, and we could get our fix too. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, well, maybe one day. Maybe somebody will hear this conversation and they'll say, hey... I'm in the entertainment business. Maybe I can do something. <laughs> yeah. Are you Are you still in touch with Ben Rudd? Uh, no, I I, I don't. I haven't <laughs> spoken. Yeah, and I haven't spoken to him in years. Uh, maybe a, a hello on Facebook every once in a while, but uh, um, but no, no, and and I I don't really know how things like that happen. I, one of my yeah. good um uh, works in in Hollywood and um. He, he knows how things start. In fact, he's gotten some properties going, so maybe I can kind of talk to him. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know yeah. if he's a fan, fan or not, though. <laughs> so um, you showed us a picture of uh, the painting, sorry, that you did for John Carter. Um, for the record, yeah. I really enjoyed the uh, the Dynamite stuff that they did a couple of years ago um, of them. So... Uh, are you still doing a lot of um, a lot of like comic and, and book and pulp um, like work these days? Um, I, I haven't been doing any comic book stuff in a while. Uh, mostly, it's been paperback covers. Yeah. Um, so I haven't been working with any of the uh, the more well known comic book publishers that everybody is aware of. But mm. it's never really been an um, my main focus of about working with a certain company at all. And I know with working with a, a, a more well-known publisher like dark horse or Marvel or DC would only bring more exposure to my work, but it's, it's, I always felt like if it happens, it happens. Yeah. If not, I'm still doing the work that I want to do. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm working, um, on with other publishers like, uh, you know, 
paperback stuff. I'm working on a bunch of those projects. Um, so most, I would say, Jermaine, that it's mostly pulp-related work, yep. which is actually one of my uh, very favorite subject matters. Mm-hmm. Um, I think from the detective uh, noir stuff to um, some of the characters like the shadow and the spider and, and then the fantasy stuff like uh, John Carter and Tarzan and the mucker, you know. Um, I think so, your, yeah. your style lends to that as well. Yeah. So, um, and, it's, and it's the illustration background mm. that it kind of lends itself to that. So, um, so a lot of the stuff in the comic books, I haven't really uh, noticed or paid much attention to as far as like what Dynamite has done with any of those those characters. Yeah. Because that I, I'm, I'm kind of more interested in what um, Edgar Rice Burroughs has is written or what some of the writers have adapted. More so, kind of interested in what else can writers do with some of that. And I'm not there at that point right now. I mean. Mm. Not saying that I don't like it. I just my mindset is um, my interest isn't there at the moment. I'm still interested in really what um, the original writer Edgar Rice Burroughs would have done with those characters. Yeah. Mm. Cool. Yeah. Um, so uh, Jermaine, uh, we've talked about Jermaine's and Paul's, and, and I think uh, he's got a, a dozen friends that he's doing sketch covers for. Uh, or sending uh, sending sketch covers around the world for, but uh, obviously you're you're enthusiastic about those sorts of commissions for Phantom um, images. If if people want to get in touch with you and um, oh, yeah. that sort of stuff, yeah, I, I get I get a lot of emails from uh, Phantom fans, um, and a lot of it is just conversational, which is always welcomed. Uh, it's the same with Facebook. Um, if anybody ever wants to. to uh, you know, start a conversation with me on Facebook. It's always welcome. Uh, but yeah, I, I I get a lot of requests for artwork. What's available? Um, if if I were to still have any of those phantom paintings I did those covers for, I probably could have sold them four times over. <laughs> um, which maybe which which is the reason why they're they're popular because I didn't do m- many of them. Um, and every once in a while, something will come up on, on an eBay or an auction site for some of those for those covers. But um, I, I I still have phantom images in my in my blood and ready to, to paint. And when I find the time, I I, I paint those. And um, I'm trying to clear up my schedule and finish up some commissions and some newer things that I I have have to meet some deadlines for, so I can devote more time. For the Phantom, um, I'm kind of overdue for another Phantom painting. I I wanted to do one at least every month or every two months, and that one I did of the Oath that Lightning mm. Strikes is using has, has been a few months now. So it's mm. I, I have to get back to doing something. That Time to I, go again. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, I think we'll, the one that, uh, I want to work on is uh, this one with uh, the Phantom and a Tiger, or yeah. or one that he's kind of lurking in the shadows um and i just haven't figured that one out yet so uh you know i've got some images in mind well we look forward to uh to seeing them and the uh progress shots and the finished product and stuff like that so i'll be uh making sure uh, yeah i'm looking forward to seeing those yeah i'm gonna get to them jeremy 
<laughs> um, I'm, itching, I'm itching to do those, believe me. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can, uh, as, as we're talking, and I'm sure Dan can uh, agree with me, uh, we can definitely see your enthusiasm and your, and your eagerness uh, to do more phantom work. So um, we hope that happens. Yeah. Well, I, I will be doing it if people want me to or not. So that's <laughs> <laughs> um, up to everybody else if they, they can, if they, even if they tell me to stop doing it, I don't know if I would listen listen to that unless <laughs> I was doing such a horrendous job with the character, or if well, I, we, I I kind of missed the mark on who he was. Well, maybe more accurately, we hope that uh, it gets to be seen really broadly um, and and not yeah. just get uh, propped up on Jermaine's shelf. <laughs> <laughs> or or on Dan's. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. I've got some room on my wall. I've got some room on my wall. Not much. I don't much. see any room there, Jeremy. <laughs> I'll make room for one of your pieces. Yeah. <laughs> um, I yeah, really enjoy uh, talking to you. Uh, you showing us around your uh, your room and your studio um, and answering all our questions. Um, have we missed any questions that you would like to, or anything that you would like to talk to us about uh, that that we might have not asked? Um, I, I I can't think of anything. Um, <laughs> I really enjoyed this conversation. I, you know, uh, I I really didn't feel like this was one of those interviews, and I'm so glad we did it by video mm. because uh, we it's so much easier to talk to somebody when we're, we're looking at their eyes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, know? definitely. Yeah. Even sure. though it remains off to the, the left of my screen right now. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but at least um, we're not looking up his nose like we were right at the like start. start. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no I, I, I enjoy this. I hope we could do this again. Maybe yeah. after I get a couple more things finished or uh, maybe there's some reaction to, to this conversation um and, and the post if somebody has questions and we can always field some more questions re, you know related to some of the mm. uh, the references that i do i do yeah. i love talking about the process um I, I like i said my my real goal is for um up-and-coming artists um to hopefully be inspired to uh find something that they like um, I'm just fortunate enough to be working with a character like the Phantom that, you know, I really like, um, and that I'm, I have a connection with, and I'm mm. glad everybody likes my my work that I've done with the Phantom. Mm. Um, and and I'm glad you, and I'm glad we've kept up our friendship all these these years, Jermaine, online, and um, and so yeah, I, I like the interaction, and uh, and uh, maybe one day. I can come across and do a supernova uh, appearance. That'd be fantastic. You know, yeah, that'd be, that'd be, be very amazing. popular, I'm sure. Yes. It would, it would be fun to uh, to see the the real Phantom fans uh, in Australia. I mean, I know it, 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 he's a bigger character there than he is here in in, in America, which uh, so many people ask me, like, why is that? And maybe we can have a conversation about that at some other time because, yeah, sure. um, um, and I know there's some, some really great history there. And, um, and, it, and I know there's history all over the world that, um, some really great, uh, phantom in, 
in sight with that as opposed to the, what we had in a, what we have in America as him just being a mm. comic character. Um, mm. But uh, I, I will say that I was at a comic book convention uh, a few years ago, and for the lo- I, I probably still am like one of the only artists in Artist Alley that has the Phantom. So if somebody's looking for Phantom work, I'm the guy that they usually can find. But I had, uh, I was at a show and two young uh, Phantom fans showed up and they were from Australia. Right. Oh wow. And they they were I think in town with on a construction site and they found out that there was a comic book convention so they decided to check it out and that was the first thing they said to me was like we're Phantom fans there's no Phantom here what is going on. <laughs> He goes, finally, we found somebody with the Phantom on their table. Yeah. So, yeah. and I don't remember, you know, I don't even remember if they told me their names or, but we, we ended up the chatting for a little bit and, uh, and asking them about the Phantom in Australia. And, uh, well, and it was like, we, we do hope you manage to get over at some point. And if you do come, either bring an empty suitcase with you or, or buy one when you're here so you'll be able to take back a, just a ton of comics and uh, oh. all, all of the, well, Jermaine's got a lot more than I do, the statues and the figures and all that sort of stuff. Um, I, I'm not sure how old your son is, but um, it, I've got a nine-year-old and there's no way he'd have one of those statues in his room. Um, I've, <laughs> I've been giving him one of the, uh, the the cheap plastic ones, not that thing. So. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, my my son's he's like he's he's thirteen. My my oldest is eighteen, um, and uh, they they know who the Phantom is. Um, well, I guess the one thing we never really talked about with me was like some of the stuff that I have of the Phantom as far as my collection goes. Oh yes, yeah. So uh, I don't know. We can maybe talk about that. At some oh, other we can time. go now if you want. But uh, I don't have like anything that you that Jermaine probably doesn't have. But, oh, no, very few people would have stuff that Jermaine doesn't have. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny he brought out that little sheet of stick-ons that uh, yeah, I, I didn't think those still were around anymore. I was lucky. I still have the one I bought as, as oh, wow. a kid. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was. I think it, I saw the date on it. It was uh, 1975 or 74 or something like that. Yeah, you're right. I think it was that date. So... Um, yeah, we can. Well, we can maybe read. as you um, yeah. have, have moved in a little bit more and unpacked a, a few more things, we'll have to get back together and um, yeah, have a, have a look through your collection, see some of the things that you've got as well. Because I, I, one of the things I didn't realise or appreciate probably and, and have picked up since we've been talking to you is is how much of a it's it's not just a commission work or, yeah. or someone's getting you to draw fandom stuff. It's you're a genuine fan and you're a collector and. Uh, and all of that sort of stuff as well. So uh, I think there's um, there's certainly another conversation or two to be had there. Yeah, I think so. I think maybe the next time we can talk about like some of the stuff that I have, and you can tell me what some of your prize possessions and your collections are. And cool, cool. Uh, That'd be stuff good. Like that. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Let's do that. I'll, I'll put up some pictures on the wall and get <laughs> my studio more in order, and maybe get another phantom painting finished. And uh, we could talk about that. Yeah. Sounds good. That's, All that's, right. That's, sounds like a date, Doug. <laughs> sounds good. <laughs> uh, thanks for uh, staying up late and uh, 
and talking to me. No, all, all good. Right. It's, uh, absolute Thank you pleasure. for coming up early. Appreciate your time. Yeah, yeah, we appreciate it, Doug. We really do. Dan, what what part are you in, or what time is it by you? Um, I'm in Queensland, so it's uh, it's now twelve thirty five a.m. Um, okay. on uh, uh, what are we Sunday morning? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah okay. it's ten thirty for me. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, it's eight thirty in the morning <laughs> for me, which is about the time that I would probably normal normally come down into the studio to start sketching at about eight thirty. Yeah, cool. Oh wow! So. Well, thank you so much. I enjoyed it. No, thank you. Thank we you. appreciate your time. Okay. Take care. Wow, that was good fun, wasn't it, Dan? That was really good. Um, uh, as I sort of said at the end, there, I'd, you know, you never know what to expect when you when you start uh, talking to an artist uh, about whether they're actually a a fan mm. or not. And I, actually, I think. The more the more we do these things, we find they're they're all fans. So I don't know why. Yeah, yeah. I still am not sure when I go in, but uh, you've obviously got a, a longer history of talking to Doug um, for many years. That's the first conversation or, or any sort of uh, online anything that we've uh, been back and forth. So I really uh, enjoyed getting to know him a bit. Yeah, it was um, the thing that there was two things. One, he's an extremely neat uh, artist. His yeah. studio was immaculate. Well, he's only been in that um, one for five months, so give him time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it, I, I was going to ask him about that. I was going to ask him, you know, are you a clean artist or a, or a messy artist? But taking a look at his studio, I think it's fair to say he's a pretty clean artist. Yeah. Um, my stepdad, you know, nowhere near where he is and all that, but he's got paint over every single piece of clothing. His <laughs> hands are just uh, completely stained by paint. I don't think he's got one bit of clothing that actually does not have paint on it, yep. uh, much to mum's um, annoyance. Uh, so, um, and then the other thing was just how much of a fan of fan he really is. Yeah. You know, like, he's got the Cyberry up behind him, he's got yep. his uh, Bradford Exchange one, um, you know, and then he said how, you know, he, he knew of the Phantom and was a fan before he got the gig at Moonstone. Yeah. And for for people who have just listened and not, not watched the YouTube, and I'd encourage you to go and watch the YouTube because there's a lot mm. of little things that you, you can pick up that way as well. But um, if you've only listened to this, there wasn't anything else up on the walls. It was just the Cyberry and the Bradford Exchange. Yeah. Um, yeah. So clearly, you know, the Phantom things are the ones that he wants up and uh, up and in front of him. And, and his son's got the Tiki yeah. statue. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, you know, I said about a nine-year-old, I'm again, 13, I... That's that's not a cheap statue, that one. So. No, it's not. Not 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 many of them are available anymore either. No. Um, yeah, like, I hope his uh, son's not into baseball or uh, American football and throwing throwing a balls around the uh, around the bedroom. I was still doing that. Uh, I still do it now, even when the <laughs> wife's not around. That's right. <laughs> Me and the oldest would uh, get the football out and uh, kick it yeah. around and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, but not, remember, in the, um, not in the Phantom Room or around no. uh, <laughs> pricey statues. <laughs> no, I uh, actually told uh, Abby off, the oldest one, uh, this um, today actually for uh, for throwing the uh, the 2040 uh, ball around. <laughs> and it wasn't because she was throwing it at her baby sister, it was because she was throwing it in the phantom room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Throwing it at his sister, yeah, yeah, that's fine. But throwing yeah. it in the fan room, no. Uh-uh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but no, it was it was a great it was a great it was a great chat. Um, and and 
he, you know, just to get to know him a little bit more, put a face to a, a face to a name and mm. hear the stories about some, you know, the behind the scenes of the artwork. Like we see the finished product, but, you know, there's a lot more to it than just, you know, the, the time it takes to open up the comic. Yeah. You know, there's, there's, you know, it's a whole masterpiece. There's, yeah. so it's, um, it was great. And like, um, learning about how he worked with Ruben, like for instance, that, um, jam cover with yeah. the Phantom holding the sword. Did not even know that on Phantom Wiki, it's got Doug as the sole, yeah. as the sole artist. So, um, Marco and Andreas, who are, are the main editors for the Phantom Wiki, um, I'll bet you they're, uh, We'll be able to tell when um when they listen to this podcast because uh, that page will be um, edited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and uh, I've seen that cover countless times. Never mm. even tweaked really that it was uh, it was two different hands mm. that were that were drawing it. So mm. yeah, no, it was interesting. Yeah. So um, Doug, we appreciate you uh, spending two hours of your time mm. talking to a, a bunch of. Uh, Phantom geeks or nerds from across the other side of us uh, of the world, um, and everyone who's listening to this, uh, I hope you've listened to it, uh, you've enjoyed it as well, and enjoyed the insight as much as we have. Um, and so, just before we sign off, we just want to uh, share some stuff with you. So, uh, the first one is our Patreon. Uh, people can support what we do uh, by donating a small part of. Uh, it could be anything from a dollar to to wherever, and uh, that just basically helps us run the website, the podcast, pays for all that type of stuff. And we didn't uh, do it in this case, but it also helps us uh, actually phone artists and creators mm. and podcast people around the world as well. So um, we thank every Patreon supporter. Um, and then as one of the levels that we have with our Patreon is we have our gives them access to our P3 or our Phantom Preservation pro, uh, Project. And we basically put up stuff on there which preserves Phantom history. So whether it's newspaper articles, uh, you know, all sorts of stuff that is not very easily readable. readable. Like, for instance, the Friends of the Phantom newsletters, uh, which which were done by Pete and uh, Ed, which got quite a bit of mention today as well. Um and, and there's also, there also um, some video of uh, Doug himself uh, doing some some drawing and some inking as well. Um, yes. So yeah, we try we try to have a little bit of uh, a wide variety of artists, and uh, certainly yes, certainly having some uh, Doug stuff in there. So if you have enjoyed this, then certainly it'd be something you could hit up and uh, and watch the man mm. actually draw. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, so there's that, uh, we, every month we upload new stuff and then if you're not sure what we upload every month, you can just check our website, which is chroniclechamber.com. Any, everything we do basically goes up on chroniclechamber.com, including the article that, uh, uh, we and Doug were talking about, which includes some references for, uh, some photo references of, um, of Doug's friend, old friends uh, for the Phantom covers. So you've got the different poses with the cover and then there's a little bit of spill as well from Doug as well. So that's mm -hmm. on there as well. So hopefully that gives everyone a little bit of uh, whets their appetite for our podcast tonight. 
Uh, if you want to email us and get in touch with us, tell us what we do good or what you don't like about it, that's chroniclechamber at gmail.com. Our social media links, Facebook, we've got Chronicle Chamber Phantom Fan page, and then there's also Phantom Collector Group, which is something, which is like a sister Facebook page that we're all admins of. On Twitter, we've got Chronicle, at Chronicle Tweets, at, uh, on Instagram, which is the other one, it's just simply at Chronicle Chamber. And then of course, uh, if you're new, so for instance, if you, I uh, have listened to this because you're a Doug Kluber uh, fan and you want to listen to more of our podcasts, the best way to do that is subscribe either via iTunes or some of the other apps if you're an Android user like Podbean, Player, F- Player FM, Castbox, Castbox, Listen Notes, etc., etc. as well. So uh, we're all on those. Uh, we're all across there. Phil, please drop us a, a high star rating as well. That would be greatly appreciated. We should say um, too, while you're looking at links, and we'll make sure that these are actually in the uh, the notes associated with the podcast. But if you're you're interested in Doug's work in particular, um, as he said, you can look go, look him up on Facebook, uh, Douglas Clarber. Um, he's got a, a blogspot um, page, Douglas Clarber dot blogspot.com or his own um, site as well which is www.douglasclarbart.com yes so uh, and then you can also go to the wiki page and have a look at his work as well Um, so lastly uh, thank you Doug uh, for your time Uh, Dan thank you for staying up with me Um, I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did and uh, happy fandoming happy fandoming mate This is where we need a good mark ring to be showing oh, everybody yeah. or something. We can just go like that and that could be the way we close out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We've got no process for these videos. <laughs> no. That was good. I enjoyed that. Yeah. yeah. So I guess we'll do it all again in, um, it'll be this time tomorrow, right? This it? time tomorrow the alarm will be another half hour oh. away. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was talking to Ari. And she said, oh, what's the time? And I said, oh, it's Cyberry. She goes, oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, it's Cyberry. You just do what he wants. No, yeah, told my wife as well. And uh, she's, yeah, rolled her eyes, but gone, okay, Cyberry. Fair enough. 500 years ago, he washed ashore the sole survivor of a shipwreck. And upon the skull of the man who killed his dad, he said, I'm mad, I must eradicate piracy, injustice and cruelty. And all my sons will follow me, so evildoers will believe that this man cannot die. The Phantom, the ghost who walks. The Enemies beware, the Phantom's always there, but you won't find the Phantom. He finds you.